From the Old City, a practical Torah commentary by Gutman Lodge. Leviticus 6, Tzav. Be careful, it's contagious. This week's portion of the Torah continues with the many details of the various offerings. These instructions are so specific that they make us wonder why the entire nation must study them year after year when apparently such things have nothing to do with us today. Even if there were sacrifices today, these laws are directed to the priest who work in the temple and not to you and me. Here again, we must remember that the Torah does not speak only in the literal level. There are always deeper meanings to all of its words. For instance, one of the rarely applied details states that if a non-holy object would touch a holy meal offering, that object would become holy. This is certainly strange. Our sages tell us that this rule actually means that if anything would touch a meal offering in such a way that it would absorb any flavor of the holy offering into it, it itself would take on the holiness of the meal offering. We are already very familiar with the concept of contagious things from the Torah. When dealing with contagious things, however, the Torah usually speaks of spiritual uncleanliness passing from one thing to another. But now we see that holiness can also spread. There are many, many details given in the Torah as to how someone or something can become spiritually unclean. For instance, by touching the unclean object, by lifting it, or by just moving it without even touching it. For instance, by pushing a basket it's sitting in. Certain types of severe uncleanliness can be passed on by merely overshadowing the unclean object or by even being in the same room with it. But here, in the case of transferring holiness, we learn that the flavor from the holy object must seep into the non-holy object in order for it to become holy. Much less contact is required for uncleanliness to spread than for holiness to spread. Today, all of us are already unclean with the most severe type of spiritual uncleanliness, so none of these rules actually apply. And since we do not have any holy objects to touch, what, if anything, do these details have to do with us? The Torah is teaching us an extremely important lesson about life here. We become like the things around us. Today, it is well known that unclean things spread their uncleanliness, and now we see it is also true about holy things. This is what the Torah is teaching us today and it is even more important to instill this lesson in our children. Whatever and whomever we involve ourselves with, we become like. We gravitate to the things and ways around us. It is crucial that we choose our friends and associates wisely. By merely associating with unclean people, we quickly become unclean. But also, if we spend enough time with holy people and absorb what they teach, it is certain that we too will become holy. Connecting. This week's portion of the Torah is called Tzav. Tzav means to command. Tzav is closely related to the word Tzavat, which means to join. From this comes a well-known teaching that by doing a mitzvah, you join or connect to God. 
Although this teaching is certainly well intended, it is not stated correctly, and, sadly, it misleads people into making a serious mistake. If one would think that he must do something to connect to God, he would have to believe that he was, at that moment, disconnected from God. In order to disconnect something from something, there has to be three things. The object you want to connect, the object you want to connect to, and the object that is standing in between these two, preventing them from presently being connected. This can never be the case with God. God is infinite. There can never be any disconnection from the infinite. By definition, the infinite is without limits or boundaries. So where could someone be that he is disconnected from the infinite? Use the all as an example. Where is the all? Everywhere. Everywhere means literally filling every inch of every place. Also, all things have to be included in the all. How many alls are there? There can only be one all, or what we were calling all could not have been all. Is there anything other than the all? No. If there was anything other than the all, then what we were calling all could not have really been the all, because by definition, the all must include all. Can anything be disconnected from the all? Obviously not, or the all would not have been everywhere. So what are they trying to say when they say that a mitzvah connects you to God? When you do someone's will, you align yourself to his will. It plugs you into his thinking. When you do what that person wants, you become his agent. An agent is like the hand of the one who sends him. When you do what the principal wants, you gain his goodwill and blessings and learn about his nature, and he smiles upon you. You become filled with his thoughts. When you do what someone smarter than you says to do, you act smarter than you were acting before. By doing God's will, you will certainly get all of these benefits, but you will not connect to him because you were never disconnected from him. If you are not doing what he wants, you are blind to or ignoring his presence. But you are never separated or disconnected from the infinite, not even for an instant. There is one dot com.